Well, welcome back. Three part par episode number four. Uh, probably, like I said the other week, three more episodes than I probably thought we'd ever get done. Uh, I'm your host, Mike Caridi. Welcome back for the people that have been here before and for anyone who hasn't and just tuning in. There are a few new listeners each week, which is fantastic. Welcome. Uh, hopefully, you'll get a little bit out of this from last week in golf and this week in golf, and then also a little bit about who we're betting on, uh, the early leans for our bets and who we're starting to like, a little bit about the weather and other things happening on course in a few different tournaments. Uh, and then we'll also point you towards a little bit of a late update for the Thursday email, which we post out, which we'll get to a bit later. Uh, as most of you know that have listened before, every week we do have someone different on the podcast, a little bit of a rotating chair for the co-host. And this week we have someone all the way down from the Apple Isle. Will, Will, welcome welcome to 3 Part Par. Thanks, Mike. I've been uh, listening with great interest as to uh, who the uh, tips are each week, so i and I haven't been able to tip any of them, so I don't know how much people should take from my tips. But we'll we'll soon see. Well, it's good. It's probably good if you haven't been betting on them everywhere because we haven't had a winner yet. <laughs> but we're we're very close, so that that's good. Um, and I was going to say Will K. I know you've got Will K. as your username, but that's your actual surname too. It, it sure is. Yeah, no, it's an initial and a full word for yeah. me, so that that always works. But tell us, tell us a little bit about you, mate. Tell us a bit about Will K. and uh, work, life, golf, family. Everything that yeah. is. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm certainly a proud Tasmanian, but I did spend about 10 years over on the mainland doing mainland. a big big person job up on the North Island. <laughs> so I was um, I started off in Ernst & Young and did a couple of other buying roles in Coles before I did finally get a, a professional role in golf, working for Drummond Golf for a couple of years yes. as their buyer yes. and loved that. And that was uh, – I've still got a lot of people that I still talk to through those uh, – channels and uh, made a lot of those connections and saw what uh, a lot of people can do out of the game so that was that was a lot of fun but mm. uh, but then the, the family arrived and that meant that we made the move back down to Tassie yep I've since uh, worked down here at uh, Taz Networks which is the power company down here yep but uh, on the side I've also had craft golf which is uh, an online yep. business where I've been shipping in some things from no laying up amongst yes. other business things which i've now handed off to the a uh, couple of other people at angus yep, and grace, angus and grace yeah them, so that's all I happening think they start, to them. i think they start tomorrow they Maybe. do can't be far they away do. yep so that's going to be a, a nice exciting chapter for mm. no laying up in australia which is very yeah. exciting too but uh the thing i'm doing now is uh helping out with the seven mile golf uh merchandise and everything on that that uh, mm. there's still another 12 or so months before the course properly lands yep. even though on Instagram, it looks as though it's uh, ready to go on a yeah. lot of the holes. But, uh, but yeah, so I'm uh, looking after that and find some very fun outlets for my golf creativity there. So, yeah, that's a lot how, of fun. How many, on a, on a scale of one to 100, how many people would be in touch on a weekly basis to say, when are you open and, and uh, when can I play? Oh, it's probably 120 out of 100. <laughs> I think people Not surprising. ask multiple times and yep. it's uh, I can't blame them for one no, second. No, 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 for it, sure. Uh, it looks amazing. And uh, the couple mm. of times I've been very lucky to be able to get down and visit the site on numerous occasions and yep. uh, do it with the, with the designer, with Mike DeVries, when it was yep. first, uh, there were still trees everywhere when I was lucky enough to get the first journey down mm. there. And uh, did what probably some others have done as well. I just uh, messaged Mike online and said, uh, oh, so can you let me in the gate? And he was good enough to do that and then drive me around the course for three hours and <laughs> show me all the things that he was thinking about and the grasses off the side that he's going to put on the 
uh, skirting and all that sort of stuff. So it was, yeah. uh, I was treated even better than I could have imagined on that one. And so yeah. he- hearing the the how and the why and seeing it go from a big pile of sand to just an unbelievable golf course already in the making has been a, a real treat that somebody had said we might have, you know, three, four, five courses in the top hundred in the world in Tasmania. Yeah. Uh, if they'd said that 20 years ago, you would have laughed them yeah, laughed in their face. But yeah, here we are. It's uh it's certainly becoming a golfing mecca and nothing's too far. I mean, if you go, I'm, I'm heading yeah. over to the States in about a month. I had a look at playing a few different things and getting around is not that easy and getting to different places. If I just want to duck in and out in a day or two is not that easy. But like you said, I mean, I'm, I'm going to Barney and, and King Island again in November. and It's a 40 minute flight from Melbourne to King Island. And it's uh-huh. not much more over to Launceston and then knock over Barney for a couple of days or soon, soon to be, it'll be seven mile in Hobart and you could probably mm. do all three over three, four days and fantastic trip. Nothing's too big a trip, uh, not too long a flight. And it's all public and it's all yeah. those things. And yep. so it's just thank goodness for the, the bandons and the barn boogles of this world to show that mm. uh, A, build it and they will come and B, that public golf is uh, is very viable. At, yeah. uh, it's exciting times. And with the, with the merch that's coming up, I know there's two separate uh, Instagram handles. So there's one specifically for the merch. What's that handle? Just so mm. if people do, I mean, I've been looking at the new beanie launches and other things. What What's the best yep. handle to catch for that sort of stuff? Uh, seven Mile Golf Shop. Seven Mile Golf so Shop. A, yep. And so new launches mile... this week. Uh, yes. Yeah. So there were a couple of uh, those really nice uh, heavy double uh, ball markers that uh, mm. came yes. in and we've got yep. some pom-pom head covers and uh, some more caps and we've got some more headwear coming in and things like that in the not too yep. distant future. So it's it's all happening. Yeah, it is. I've got, uh, I've got some stuff that I've ordered and – we will be giving away a Seven Mile Beach beanie uh, this episode, so keep your eyes on Instagram. We'll put up a little uh, competition there, so it'll be basically it'll work around. Effectively, pick the winner this week at the FedEx, and if you put down the winner and the winning score, uh, effectively whoever gets closest to the pin, um, basically you win it, win the beanie, and I'll post it out to you. If we get two people or three people or ten people that pick the same person, first in best dressed. So my advice to you is um, have a look at whoever's putting names early, and don't don't double up because you'll uh, if they win if you pick the right one you still might lose. Oh, mate, that's fantastic! Yeah. Oh god, getting yeah. around the getting around with Mike in the car that'd be great. Those guys just don't look at things the same way when it comes to terrain and golf courses and how things work. Like their brains just wired completely differently. So to me, yeah. anyway. Oh, a hundred percent. And and you just sort of see and and listening now and and Matt Goggin, who's the uh, the pro golfer yes. who's been good enough to do all of this for yep. uh, for Hobart for Tasmania, uh, he just talks about and he's obviously intimately involved in it all. And each time he comes down every you know, six to eight weeks, it's there's some other little detail that uh, he thought was going to be good and it's even better. And yeah, so you can just good. sort of just see the three dimensional thinking that uh, the designers have, where you can absolutely go for this uh, easier line over a hazard or whatever it is and mm. that makes it a harder shot into the hole yep. or, or vice versa if you want to take on this then you're taking on all the risk but that means you've got an easier shot in and, and all of that sort of stuff that you think that it's just a put a t here put a hole here and they'll work it out it's it's a lot more than that and yeah. they've done it remarkably well no that's yeah they're just 
just the way that they can look at terrain, especially with that site, like you said, how many trees were there and, and for Maddie to look at it and think that's a great spot for a course. And then for the guys to have an understanding of how holes will play in the terrain before they even clear is just, it's just, a, it's just unbelievable. And absolutely. To being able to do a routing is uh, yeah. a, a whole lot of art. Yeah. And there's a, there's a little bit of science and a whole lot of art. Yeah, for sure. Now, um, you don't know this is coming because it's not on the run sheet, but we're going to start a new little segment moving forward for all of our co-hosts, and it's going to be called Lucky Sevens. And basically what's going to happen is I'm going to give you seven questions, and you need to answer them quickly and honestly. Okay. Are you yep. ready for that? Yeah, I told yeah, you. Yeah, far away. That's it. It's, uh, they're, not, they're not too um, – don't worry, they're nothing too in-depth. I'm not going to ask any political views or anything about religion, so don't stress. <laughs> okay, so first question is, favourite golf course you've ever played? I've never had a bad experience at, at um, Barnboogle. Okay. Um, Dunes? you got to pick one or the other. Now you are getting political. <laughs> uh, but, uh, no, I think I enjoy Lost Farm more every time. Yep. And so yep. I've, if there's the 10, 10 round split, that, yep. uh, people, it's, it's 6-4 yep. Lost Farm for me. Yep. But, um, oh, yeah, it's, it's a tough one. I, I no, wouldn't no. be upset if it was 10-zip or zip-10. There's no wrong answer. They're all good. Yeah. I think first couple of times I went to Barney, I reckon I was 7-3 Lost Farm. And now I reckon I'm 6-4 and four Dunes. So there you go. Mm. My, my, uh, mm-hmm. I'm getting old. I don't know. Maybe I'm changing. <laughs> yeah, um, it's tough. Now, second question is number one on the must playlist, but you can't say Seven Mile Beach. <laughs> TBC. Yeah. Uh, I would say... Royal Melbourne, that you haven't played. No, I haven't played. Got you. I would say the things that I hear about Tara 80 are remarkably good. And uh, it's, I guess, not a coincidence. It looks a bit like Seven Mile. But uh, I've I've played, uh, there was a guy who came and visited me from the UK not that long ago and had an amazing experience at Barn Boogle. Yeah. And then went uh, on a plane to Tara 80. And uh, he said it was it was properly better than Barn Boogle, but it was wow. also ten x the price. Yeah. So um, yeah. I think if if I had a couple of hundred bucks to spend on golf, it'd still one hundred percent be Barn Boogle because yeah. that'd only get me two holes of Tar eighty. Tar eighty. Yeah. I think I got a funny feeling Tar eighty is going to be a popular popular answer on that question, um, and it'd probably be my my. It actually would be my answer as well. So, so well played. <laughs> um, this one's a bit of an easier one. It's pretty easy. Yeah, it's a this or that one. It's a Masters or the Open. Which one? You can only have one. I, uh, I have been lucky to go to both. If I only ever went to one, I mm. would go to the Masters. Mm. Just, just because it is just the most unbelievable sporting event yep. that I've been to. It is stage managed to within an inch of its life, yes. and it's. But they do it very well. Yeah, it's Disneyland um, for golfers. It, it really is. Yeah. And uh, the Open is such a different experience. It's more mm. intimate because you can get in and I went to a couple of practice days there and you yeah. can talk to the players and the caddies on the way through and yeah. there's barely anyone at the practice days comparatively and you can get that real real experience of a tournament and it's a major. And so yeah. it's – but, yes, if it was one or the other only, it would be the Masters. That's fair enough. Okay. Now to more more towards your golf game. So striped drive or flushed iron? Flushed iron. 
Yeah, I think I'd probably take Flush Time as well. I probably probably don't feel either. I don't remember what either of those feel <laughs> like, but I'd probably take Flush Time. Um, yeah. This one is probably a little bit political. Pin in or pin out? Uh, I like that you can have to pin in for uh, pace of play and all that sort of stuff. Yep. But anything inside 20 feet, I'm pin out. Yep. I'm probably exactly the same as that. Um. Six question of the seven. Are you a dew sweeper or are you half sets and sunsets? Well, you know, you might sweeper. be either, but which one did you choose? Yeah, no, dew sweeper. Really? Definitely. Okay. It's, it's partly family oriented in that then yep. you can just get, get it done and then the rest of yep. the day is, is yours to yours to do with as you choose. But um that's yeah, they're both both great. But yep. I'd probably take either of them over an eleven AM. Or something like that, where it does smash yep. out your whole day. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, no, that's fair enough, especially with the family. I get that. I'm, I'm, I'm married to a very, very beautiful woman. Um, we don't have any kids, so it does make my life a bit easier when it comes to traveling and playing golf. Um, but yeah, I can understand. Yeah, that 11 a.m. tea time means you, if you're like me and you, you don't have kids, you probably get there an hour before and you hit the mm-hmm. balls and mm-hmm. then you play for four and a half hours and you have a beer and you walk in the door at seven and you're being asked where you've yeah, been. That's <laughs> absolutely. Mm. I am looking forward to uh, Matt Goggin as well put up a, a little six-hole loop that is potential yes. at um, Seven Mile Beach. Yep. And having that as a, a sunset brown yes. and potentially taking the kids and uh, doing that sort of thing would be yeah. – that's a that's a recipe for a really good time. 100%. That's that's the future of um, the future of wind-down golf, I think. Um, sitting on the range and knocking out a hundred balls and working on shot shapes versus going and doing mm. something like that. I'd much prefer to do that. Mm. Mm. Yep. Agreed. And this one's a bit of a trickier one, the last one. So you can pick any player next year. Don't care where they're from. They can be from the religion of live. They can be from PGA tour. They can be from the Euro tour. They can be on no tours at the moment. Give me one player you think that's going to win a major next year or in the next four. Uh, from, Someone who's sort of not in the top five in the world at the moment. I, I would, I would love to see Rory win a Masters. That would be yep. something that would um, that would get me out of bed at four AM to watch all of that. <laughs> yes, uh, I'd love to see Minwoo Lee win one. I've yep. I've sort of watched his uh, journey on the way through. Love the way he goes about it, and he just has so much fun out there. Yeah, and uh, and fun in the practice rounds. He has fun for the whole thing, and so it's just. I love watching that sort of versus a uh, like uh, naming the other side of that coin, but Patrick Cantlay that uh, yeah. that wanders around in a catatonic state yeah, most of the time. Lovely. Which no, and you can't can't blame the pros for getting in the zone and doing all yeah. that sort of thing. But no, for sure, but uh, yeah, I'd love to see Minwoo get it done. No, I'm with you on that. I think, and I think Minwoo will, will, will get one done. Uh, might not be next mm. year, but it wouldn't shock me to see him get there. Um, he's had a couple of good performances, and uh, yeah, like said, he's got too. the right, yeah, and he's got the right attitude. Like you said, he's just, yeah. he's, he's, he, he, I think he's got that good balance. Um, uh-huh. He clearly comes from good stock because he's, he's yeah. reasonable. Um, she's already at least right. one or two, so two, um, two, and yeah. great chance, great chance. He's, he's a massive chance. Mm. Um, so this week in golf, I don't know how much you got to watch. Uh, Wyndham Championship was this week. Um, mm. Lucas Glover was your winner. Um, I won't say he was a shock winner. He paid around $80 for anyone that did have a flutter or did have a look at the form on the data lake or the numbers that I run each week and post out on an email out on a Thursday. He was ranked number 11 in the field. 
which is pretty high up, you know, in the field of whatever it was, 130-ish. Um, <laughs> his form had been pretty good coming in, but he just didn't quite, he was probably right on the cusp of someone that I, I would have been looking at. I think I'd had him in a few few picks in the weeks gone by and he'd let me down. So he was off off the market for me. Um, but yeah, were, were you surprised to see him win or did you catch any golf this week? I caught a little bit. One one of the things, the headlines that I read over the weekend was him complaining about uh, anybody outside the 125 not getting through to play yeah. this week. And so I presumed from that that he was he just shot 80 and was going to miss it uh, comfortably and then he went on and won. So <laughs> it's interesting to see that uh, that perspective from someone who's feeling themselves and uh, and come through with the win. So he's, he's on a heater. I think he was. I think he probably um, reverse cursed himself. So he was sitting right on mm. that around that one twenty five, um, mm-hmm. and then he went on obviously to win. He went up to forty ninth. So he's straight through to this week. Um, but yeah, I think he was. He made a really good point. He's like, well, we're celebrating at the end of this week the people that have got their cards moving forward or guaranteed their their full status next year with the top one twenty five. But we don't let fifty five of them turn up this week and play. So it's like mm. it's. It's finally the fields are finally set almost, and then we say, yeah, "No, you guys can't come. We're only taking seventy on from here." So, I, I get his argument, but I think um, at the same time, it's you know, it's kind of good to wind it down. I think we've had a, it's, as much as we all feel like it. Probably there's golf on hit and miss for a lot of people that don't look at it every week. For someone like me that looks at it every mm-hmm. week and nearly every every mm-hmm. tournament, it's a long time coming. At middle of August, we're oh, still yeah. looking at this stuff every week, let alone if you had to play it. Yep, and previously there were four playoff events that went yep. out to 125. So yeah, exactly. Effectively, that's exactly what they've done is they've just renamed this last week a non-playoff event, and uh, yep. it's just a 70 next week. So that's like a bit of a storm in a teacup for mine, and just the play better. <laughs> I agree, play better as well. Well put. Um, a bloke who needs to play better is Russell Henley. Uh, he was the, he was our pick, one of our picks last week. He hit the lead and then uh, finished bogey, bogey, bogey to lose by two. Had two of the worst lies coming in on, I think it was 16 and 17 that you're going to see. Uh, mm-hmm. For anyone that watched, he had a par three where he landed on the false front, rolled off the fr- rolled back off the front of the green, which will happen. Um, you got to deal with that. Um, but he then rolled into a, a massive crater um, divot, which pretty much cost him a shot. Uh, and then on the next hole, he hit a poor tee shot on 17. So that was in his own, of his own making. Um, mm-hmm. But then he got a, a semi half embedded, terrible lie. Um, two in a row that you sort of probably only get once, once a week, let alone getting back to back holes when you were leading by one. Um, I think that just put, put a pin in him completely and he, and he fell mm-hmm. away to lose by two. So he was a bit of a, a bit of a disappointing finish. Uh, Adam Scott finished T7, which was just missed the top 70. He finished at 72nd. Um, mm. Probably the one that everyone's talking about, and we'll continue to talk about for at least you know, three or four more days until the event starts for the FedEx. JT finished T12 and misses the finals by one spot. Finished at 71, mm. 71st. Um, yeah. First thing, did you see his attempt to chip in on 18? Yes, I, I did see that come up on the on all of the socials, all the socials. this morning, and that, that was uh, that was tough. And it did, did just nudge the uh, the flag. Did you think, in all seriousness, could he have carried on more like a pork chop than anyone ever? I, I, I'm I, look, I love JT, I really do. I think when he's playing his best, his skill set is elite across the board, and I think he's one of the best players in the world. But I'm sorry, mate, that wasn't like yes, it hit the flag, but. 
Mm. For me, that wasn't going in. It wasn't like it was trickling up or it it seemed like it needed one less hop and roll a little bit before it was going to hit that flag and have any chance of going in. Um, everyone carried on like it was, oh, I can't believe it didn't go in. Colt Nose on Twitter, I can't believe that didn't drop. It's like, you're joking. That that didn't look for me. That For me anyway, I didn't think that looked like it was going in. No, um, it was a it was an unbelievably good shot under, oh, yeah, the, uh, absolutely. under the circumstances. But, yeah, as soon as it was interesting, I saw somebody reference Phil's attempt to uh, have the flagstick tendered at uh, – Tory Pines? Or at Tory Pines, that's right, yeah. from uh, from you know, 100 yards out that yeah. he did that time, and that would have been a perfect time to do it. It but, would have uh, been. Same caddy too. Would and had Bones. Absolutely, perfect, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. So um, I wonder if Bones had a little word in his ear. You sure you don't want me to hold it? But oh. uh, anyway, yeah. next – He's he's like I said, he's one of my favourite players. He's had a poor season by his own admission, um, and and he even said this week before the week started, he was more he's going to be more interested in playing Ryder Cup than he would have even been playing the finals. But he knew he had to get into the FedEx finals to get to the Ryder mm. Cup, so or guarantee I would guess. Um, do you mm. think he gets in? I'm not going to ask this of everyone every week that comes on. Does, <laughs> does or doesn't get? Yeah, on. well, uh, oh, it's a really tough call because the way that he did lock in this week and he did shoot a couple of good scores is yeah. in his favour but the fact that he missed the cut at the 3M last week is yeah. very much not in his favour so it's it really he's going to spend all of his credit I would yeah. say if he does get in this year uh, yeah. he does have a lot of credits to spend though with his oh, Ryder Cup performances in the past so yeah. I don't think anybody would hold it against Dak Johnson if he did get in but uh also, I'd be shocked if he didn't get in, if he didn't get taken along with an assistant captain and was there carrying on the whole no. time even more even more so. So I agree. Interesting. I agree. I think for mine he doesn't get there. Um missing the finals and even mm. this event, like yes, he played well. But if I go through the top we'll call them the FedEx Cup standings of the players that went into this week that even turned up, Siwoo Kim, Sam Burns, Adam Schenk, Denny McCarthy, Chris Kirk. They're your top five players off the FedEx mm. from this year that are playing in the event. So, yep. Sung Jae was there, Hideki was there, um, but it wasn't exactly a, you know, an elite field. He should mm. be in the top ten. This is the uh, top ten yeah, for him, absolutely. and that field is like that should be. Yeah, of course he did, but uh-huh. I don't know. I think yeah, like you said, missing the cut last week didn't help, um, and then not being able to show his wares for the next three or four. I, I don't don't know how he gets in. Nothing would drop mm. me, but I, I, I just, um, yeah, I don't think he gets in. Yeah. Anything else this week you saw that you thought was uh, interesting? Uh, it was interesting to see Adam Scott. Uh, I'm a bit of a gear junkie, having gone through um, yep. drum and golf, and uh, just that's always been a bit of a passion. So seeing Adam Scott uh, switch up his clubs midway through a tournament was intriguing. Where okay. he had I didn't say he had a full set of the tightless cavity backs in for the first couple of rounds and then yeah. halfway through the tournament uh, m- moved into a different set of Mura blades in the okay. bottom half of his set than yep. he has had that he had custom made for him. And so it's... Um, oh, the it's, ones with the back-to-back um, S's yeah. or whatever he had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. his, his little logo. So his he logo, wasn't yeah. using those ones. He was using a different set of Miura blades in the bottom end. And so mm. he's searching at the moment. But the last couple of rounds were pretty good. So it's uh, he continues oh, to search. He, he is. Um, look, he, he had a good week this week. I think, look, as I've talked about before, probably everyone thinks his putting's bad. And I think it's because when he misses mm. something short, it looks so bad that you just think he's a really mm-hmm. poor putter. He's mm-hmm. actually not that bad at putting. 
I mean, this mm. week he's mm. averaged, he's finished 18th overall for putting in strokes game mm. putting. Um, he's even around the green, he was, you know, better than way better than average. He was ranked 36th across the board. He, he was pretty good. Um, there wasn't really too many things that have been poor of him, I should say, this week. And I think, like you said, he's probably probably searching for something here and there. But across the board, I think, if anything, if I look at his numbers, what you said makes sense. Because from about the Players' Championship on, he's had maybe six, seven rounds where he's finished below um, field average in strokes gain approach. So if you're looking at the uh-huh. bottom end of the clubs of the, of, the, of the set, that probably makes sense for something that he's trying to get. Um, get to work a little bit better. Um, and he has dipped below tour average. So I'm just looking at his numbers now. So since the middle of this year, right around the players, he's dropped below tour average in strokes gain approach. So he's he's probably just losing, you know, a tenth of a shot around versus the field, whereas historically he's probably been picking up half a shot. So point mm, six, you're looking at about two shots a tournament. Um, rough, rough in averages that he's lost. And this week mm. he's finished 12, 12 under. Um, yeah, he finishes two more shots better, and yeah, he's top five. Yeah, and he's there next week. And he's and he's there okay. next week, which is yeah, mm. and he's signing up for for free money like everyone else. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, other events that were around this week, uh, Bryson won the, the Live Greenbrier by five, closing with a fifty-eight. <laughs> fifty-eight. That's, that's, a, that's a very a low number. That is a low number. Um, two things that surprised me: one. No one talked about Stuart Appleby shooting a 59 there in about 15 or uh-huh. 12 years ago. Uh-huh. Yes. Um, because that was pretty good too. But um, so it is, has been a track historically that people have shot shot low on. And uh-huh. Bryce, I'm not downplaying. 58 doesn't matter. With, I mean, you shoot 58 on Tiger Woods on Xbox, you're going okay, let alone. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, lift clean in place, but still it's it's an amazing, amazing score. The, uh-huh. the most Agreed. interesting thing that I heard was when he talked about his driver. Now, you are yes. a gear person, so you can explain this to me, yeah. right? He yeah. was using a Crank Golf, Crank with a K, Formula mm-hmm. Fire LD. LD, I'm guessing, stands for long driver because it's his, sure when he does the long drive championships, this is the driver he uses. Mm-hmm. Do you know and anything about of, this A brand? lot of them do out there. Yeah, okay. well, they, they are a, a fairly long drive centric. Well, no, they are a very long drive centric brand. Yeah. And they've got... Um, I. I, I'm not a long driver of the golf ball, but they did yeah. have a an Australian long drive championship down in Hobart once, and I went on and watched that. Okay, and had a you, I'm of sure you were going to say you had a crack then. Uh, oh, I definitely had a had a couple of swings. I was yeah. about 300 meters short of where the, uh, the big dogs <laughs> were going, but but they sort of I had my Titleist driver at the time, yeah. and I said that's that the uh, the titanium at the time that they used in those is basically the rough cuts on the edge of the uh, the big titanium sheet and the crank golfs and the long drivers use the good stuff in the middle because it has yeah. to be harder to deal with the uh, faster swing speeds and all of that sort of stuff. So I immediately went back home to eBay and uh, got myself a, a six-degree crank long driver and couldn't hit it to save myself but uh, with sort of a triple triple X shaft and all this sort of stuff and was a was, bit ridiculous at the time, but mm. I was wondering that because, um, yeah, I, I just never heard of the brand, never heard of the brand. And the first thing that came to my mind was do the long drive events have the same RNA rules as the PJ Tour or the Live Tour? And does the Live Rule, Live Rule, is it exactly the same as what you use on the PJ Tour? I didn't know. So what I did was I messaged Blakey. 
So Blakey yeah, of Golf cool. underscore questions. Anyone who wants to follow Blakey, Blakey works on the live tour in the in the um, rules officials. Yeah. So funnily enough, so Blakey um, (laughs) confirmed for me, no, 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 it's definitely going to be an above board driver. Um, It's not going to be a dodgy driver that um, Crank Golf is giving him to hit it further, which he doesn't probably need to hit any further. But I was just a bit curious because I've literally never, and I love golf, I've just never heard of that brand in my life. So, um, I did did see the little graphic that they had up for him with that driver, and it looks as though there's three different models. One that it, that they, outline very distinctly is rna uh, conforming gotcha and the the other two models are not yep. which would suggest that there is a different set of rules for the the long drive comps gotcha but yes i can only assume that the live golf would adhere to all of the the same regs yeah yeah correct so how, how old are you will i'm going to ask a very personal question there uh 39 okay so i'm 46 and i remember when the first trampoline you probably do too the trampoline drivers mm-hmm. first came out and there was a sticker that came on the front that said USGA uh-huh. regulation, but there ones were ones uh-huh. you could buy that had that weren't that weren't. Yes. So um, absolutely, I, I was figuring ca- that they sort of run. Yeah, they're probably running the same rules there at uh, at Crank Golf. Just uh, this one's good, this one's no good, or maybe uh-huh. you can just sneak in and pretend no one notices. Yep, there was a Callaway ERC two that yes. uh, that used to have um, uh, too much of a uh, a trampoline, trampoline face on it. I reckon absolutely. I had that driver. <laughs> I don't think I it wish, helped me, but I, wish I had, I had one. it now. <laughs> yeah, yes. true. Yeah. Um, that were special think, for a while there. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Everyone wanted something like that. That was, you know, big mm. drivers were just really going off at that point. Yeah. All 250ccs of them. Yeah. <laughs> um, look, Live Golf would have been wrapped with all due respect. Mito, Richard mm. Bland, and, and Puig, Puig uh, behind him. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, they would have been happy with Bryson because I don't think they want any of that. Or maybe Mito, but yeah, Richard Blaine, mm. they don't, don't want to see win. Uh, and signs of life from Matthew Wolf in fifth position yes. was good to see. I think nine under yep, round absolutely. one. So um, yeah, yes. good luck to him. I really, I really um, I hope he finds some of his best golf again. Uh, yeah. In the women's Scottish Open, so Celine Boutier wins back to back. She won the Evian Major last week, and mm. she wins a mm-hmm. Scottish by two this week. And she goes mm. into—I can guarantee when we look at the odds in a little bit for the AIG Women's Open, she will be the favourite. I would be mm-hmm. shocked if she's not. Mm-hmm. Um, don't know if you watched any of that event at all, or saw any of that. No, I did, didn't have a chance to see any of that. I did watch a little bit of the um, the women's the uh, the uh, the major the week before. Yeah, yep. Beautiful looking golf course, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, but but yes, it's um, still but, question questionable for some as to whether it's a real major or otherwise. But uh, no, beautiful golf course. Money gets you anywhere. Money can make anything work. If, that's, if if professional golf hasn't taught us that in the last two years, <laughs> nothing nothing ever will. Hundred um, percent yeah, true. Yes. Um, Angel Cabrera released from jail, two years in custody. <laughs> I did see week. that headline too. Yes. First question. Will he be at the Masters dinner next year? Surely not. Nah, surely not. There's I no be, way. I, I would be quite shocked if they uh, they let him uh, on, out on, on property on, on on remand to uh, to get into the uh, into the yeah. property there. That'd I be agree. a stretch. I agree. Uh, Corn Ferry reshuffle. Um, Hardy and Norman got their upgrades, so they won this year. So they they will get their full cards for the PGA Tour, but everyone else gets their gets their reshuffles. So be interesting to see how those guys work because we do still do have the fall season coming up. There will be events post the Tour Championship and Ryder Cup that these guys will be fighting it out for. And the higher up that reshuffle they are, the easier it is for them to get into some of those events before the new season starts um, in January. So that'll be a bit bit of a watch out. 
Um, mm-hmm. Speaking of the new season, PGA schedule will be out. I'm going to guess by the time someone listens to this, it might well have been announced. It'll probably be out, I think, Monday or Tuesday US time. We're recording this on Monday night, Melbourne time. Um, Eamon Lynch came out with some early information. So um, only four of the 12 designated, now named Signature. So no more designated, no more elevated. It's <laughs> Signature events. Uh, only four of the 12 are going to have cuts, and they'll be the Genesis, which is Tigers event. Uh, the Players' Championship, uh, the Arnold Palmer Invitational, and Jack's event, the Memorial. So that's almost the three pillars of historical men's golf uh, mm. and the, the, what the PGA Tour will believe, have you believe is the fifth major. And they're the only four that are going to have cuts. But of those, outside of the Players' Championship, the Genesis, API, and Memorial will only have 80 players to start with, and the cut will be down to 50 and ties. Thoughts mm. on that? Yeah, well, it'll, it'll certainly be interesting to. Uh, it's I quite like the storylines that are coming out this week with uh, trying to get into the seventy and all of those sort of things. So yep. as as people play up close to each of those events, having that storyline and uh, and really having some interest, not just around who's winning, but who's around you know seventy fifth to eighty fifth on the yeah. uh, on the list at any given point in time, will actually yep. have have a reason to play for, and will uh, certainly be something else to watch for and so I, i'm i'm in support of that it's, i'm not um, against it I, I prefer there to be more cuts i think that the non the non-cut yes, cash grab events the signature events whatever they're going to call them i mm-hmm. think it'll be very interesting to see where they shape them out and where they put them um mm-hmm. very interesting to see how they uh lay it out and if there is gaps in the schedule for team golf if that's what they are working to for next year with the mm-hmm. alignment with piff so it, it really be interesting to see what they shake out um, they're probably the things I'm going to watch. Honda and Barbasol um, obviously aren't going to be on the schedule anymore. They've they've mm-hmm. dropped their sponsorship, so they'll be getting new sponsors. And all up, there'll be 39 events. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it'll be an interesting interesting read. But um, yeah, I think yeah. like everything else, it's going to be a bit of a watch and watch and learn. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd certainly much prefer to see cuts in events. It, yeah. uh, it's certainly that's what uh, even when you just play a Tassie Open or something like that, it's yeah. that's. That's part of the interest is the cut line, and uh, and you know you have to play well to get into the cut and do the weekend. It seems yes uh, unusual to get to the top of the uh, the golfing tree and then the cuts go away. It, uh, no, I agree. And you don't have to worry about playing well once you get there. That's an unusual reward. It is, especially when you think about rewarding those top guys for being the top guys, and then setting next season based on how much money you make. Mm. <laughs> it makes it a bit hard to get to the top if I'm not playing for the same money as the guys at the top. Uh, yes, and, so and they supposedly, yeah, they and they ran all of those different uh, yeah, versions of what could stuff. possibly happen and this was the way that was going to have the, the right amount of churn and yeah. I'll, I'll be interested to see how that actually plays out in the real world. I agree, I agree. I'll be, yeah, I think it'll be, Everyone will be on top of it. Everyone will be right on them if they see something they don't think it's working. There's no doubt about that. Yes. Feedback will be coming through thick and fast, no matter what. No, definitely. Um, This week in golf, uh, back to the bet. So the email that comes out every, it's either Wednesday afternoon or Thursday morning, Melbourne time. If you do want to go on the email list, it is threeputtpodcast at gmail.com or one word, threeputtpodcast. We send out a sheet outlining all the ways that we're looking at the tournament this week. We send through all the stats we're looking at. We send out the rankings of all the players in the field. We send through all of the data showing how they've played coming in as well as how they've played at this tournament. 
Um, it's all there, plus a full list of um, how we've ranked everyone in their round one scoring for all those bets. So if you do want it, 3 podcast at gmail.com or flick, it, flick us a note on uh, Instagram or Twitter, uh, any of those, and we'll, we'll put you on the list. Last week's bets, after I tell you to sign up for them, uh, nothing won. Oh, a couple of them things went okay, but uh, Russell Henley was the disappointing. Uh, he was in our picks for the wing pick. So Russell Henley was a winning pick. He finished second. Po- JT Poston was seventh. Sungjae Im, 14th. Siwoo Kim, 33rd. And Matsuyama, who was um, in the picks as well, missed the cut. A very poor week from Hideki. Uh, top 20 picks. Now, just for people that are reading the email, when we pick a top 20 pick, we're not picking someone who's a lock and loaded. So we could quite easily say Russell Henley's going to win. So picking for a top 20 as well, the odds are just very, very short. So what we try to do is find someone between around um, who would normally finish between 20 and 40 that we think can poke into the top 20 that week. Um, and you're going to get about between 450 and $6 if they get there. So they they're pretty they pay pretty well. So you don't pack them all, just pick one or pick, pick none or pick your own on the, off the sheet that we send through. It, it really comes down to you as well. Uh, Aaron Ryan missed the cut. Um, Chesson Hadley had a T33 with a poor final round. He was sitting right on the top 20. And Alex Noren was the same. He um, he went under on the final round, but T38. Both those guys, you know, only two, three shots out of that uh, top 20 to get the, some results. Um, round one leader picks again, sort of no good. We were a bit unlucky. So we sort of favoured the morning wave as have having the best chance to, to go the lowest. And we had Adam Scott at 50 to 1. Adam Scott was leading through the first first round in the morning, um, and then the afternoon came and three guys played quite well when the wind died down, which we weren't expecting. Um, Russell Henley was the leader, and again, very similar to the week before. Um, he's This year has been quite poor in his round one scoring. So he was ranked 148th this year in round one scoring, but his last three years before that, in the PGA Tour, he's been ranked 4th, 11th, and 15th. That is someone who's very, very good at round one scoring. So uh, again, one that probably slipped through the cracks because of his poor form this year in round ones. Uh, last one we had a look at was tournament match bets. So we had a three um, three leg multi on those. Uh, we only had one of the three win. Um, Bo Hosler played terrible, and Adam Svensson found form. So that was the first one that that didn't win. Siwoo Kim did, did beat Shane Lowry, which we picked. And JJ Spawn had a poor final round uh, and Taylor Moore went past him. So that was a loser there as well. But again, we'll try and mix up the bets just so people can have a bit of a bit of a look at some different different angles. Again, we'll write this week with who can't win. Uh, Justin Thomas and Shane Lowry, the sixth and seventh favourites. We said neither of these guys are going to win and they didn't. I know JT finished high enough up there, but again, he was he was never, never ever threatening to win this event, as we sort of said he wouldn't. But both of those guys um definitely their odds are coming up on on their historical form not how they're going at the moment um so we were correct there uh this week's event we're heading off to memphis tennessee so tpc south wind for the fedex st jude uh past 70 course uh they've been playing here since 1989 um i know you're going to be shocked by this will but FedEx headquarters is just around the corner and shockingly they found an event to have um close by that's sponsored by fedex uh, TPC Southwind. Who would have thought? Who who would have yeah. guessed that money talks again? In, indeed. Again. Um, and when I do send the sheet out this week, just for people that do want to um, have a look at the email, normally what we do is we try and um, show you the results for how the people have gone in that tournament historically. So something like the Open, as an example, the Open Championship, it's very hard because when you're looking at Hoylake, 
you don't play at Hoylake every year. So we're just really showing you how they've gone in, in open championships before as a guide. What we've done here for Southwind, I've gone back and, and dragged out all the tournaments they've played at Southwind over the last, say, 10 years. They've probably got 10 years of form at specifically at Southwind, whether it's been the FedEx St. Jude Invitational, the FedEx Championship or the FedEx whatever. Um, we've dragged them all into the one rather than just this specific tournament. So, um, because the tournament has changed names and moved around courses. So it's a form specific to this course, which we will send out, which is probably a bit more helpful. Uh, the weather this week is looking, I don't think it looks good for golf, to be honest. It looks really hot and wet. Uh, 31 degrees Celsius every day, only dropping down to about 23, 22 overnight. Isolated thunderstorms through the first three rounds. So I'm expecting a drawn out event. I think having only 70 is going to help them ensure they get through, to be honest. Um, Sunday is the only only day that looks dry. I mean, again, there's an early forecast. Um, but yeah, I don't know that it looks great for golf. Um, historically here, the guys that have gone to live have done really well. Uh, Willie Z won this event last year, Finau the year before. Then it was DJ, Reed, Bryson, DJ, Reed. That's a that's a notable did, live list. I did notice that. I, I looked through... Um... Uh, quickly going uh, after what I could possibly find and some value uh, looking yes. back. And looking back, I saw all of those ones. And Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's uh, interesting. I actually, I played TPC Southwind on the simulator last yes. week, coincidentally. Oh, did you? And so Good. it'll be, uh, so, and then saw that it was coming out this week. And so I'll be intrigued to see if they can beat. Uh, I played with a mate and got a best ball score of 64. So that's the, the target for all these guys. The, uh, it, it's, it's, it's just unbelievable when you see things like that happen. I'm actually, historically, I like guys that, that play well in an event, but I'm actually partial to looking at guys that play well in a certain time of year. You'll see uh-huh. trends here and uh-huh. there where someone seems to find form in a certain time of year. Now, being a stats nerd, um, when it comes to golf specifically, part of that will be because um, certain guys like playing on the West Coast, and the West Coast uh-huh. is always around the same time of year. And that's why it will show that they play well there. But there's also things that will come up, you know, like a good example is this event here um, will be something that it's it's always, it doesn't necessarily to be uh, at the same course, but it might show up that it's around the same time of year or JT Poston played well last week, but he's won the week, the, the event the week after twice, something like that. You know, you'll see these mm-hmm. little anomalies come up where guys find form and I look at it myself and think i play quite well in february always do because i've had a, some for me i've had played my most golf i'm sort of firing and i'm not quite completely over golf by that stage the body hasn't given up on me these uh-huh. guys are professionals so that's not their reasoning but i do definitely see trends to certain times of the to certain times of the year yeah absolutely sounds 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 like a plausible theory do you think very much i remember uh, charles how the third always used to have good west coast swings yeah and i used to uh Notoriously picking the week before or after he won in uh, uh, back in the day, I was in another tipping comp uh, and always used to do that every time. So I've got a little bit of uh, scar tissue on that one, but we'll see how we go. Charles Howell three, Chucky Triple Sticks is uh, is a guy that I've I've always very much um, very much enjoyed. Um, I think he's yeah he's, he's one of those guys that. I've heard a few inter- interviews with him over the years, and he's just absolutely – he's quite funny, quite dry yep. humour. Very, very, yep. very, very good. Um, mm-hmm. Nearest the pin, what's his official money earnings, just career money earnings, PJ Tour? Oh, loads. I would say 
46 mil. That's a really good guess. 42. 42 <laughs> I'll, I'll million. That. I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. give you one. I'll give you one. If you get this, if you get even close here, I'll be really impressed. How many events? Ooh, I'll say 280. 609. Sheesh. That's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot of golf. Yeah, yeah, just printing money is, uh, is Chucky Trump. Absolutely. Well good, luck good luck to Absolutely. him. Absolutely. Oh, no doubt. No um, doubt he's done it well. Absolutely. Only 50 people going to the next week, BMW Championships. Right now, the guys that are sitting in that sort of block that need to have a good week, Hideki's at 57th and Cam Davis is at 62nd. So those guys need a good result. Uh, if you listen to me talk about Hideki last week and put him in the tips again last week, uh, I I can't see how he goes anywhere because he's playing rubbish and he will not be in my picks ever again. Um, now, we're getting to the point again. So um, first thing I'm going to do is going to run through the odds for the FedEx St. Jude. First up is always Bet365, as we said last week. All the big boys are back. Big hitters are in town. So I'll quickly run through the top, say, 15. And then we're going to play Mike versus the mug. And um, I'm getting close to losing more money. So we're going to have to just figure out to get some people. I don't know anything about golf, I think. Uh, favorite this week, Scotty Scheffler, $8. Rory McIlroy, 9 John Rahm, 10 Patrick Cantlay, 17 Hovland, 17 Shoffley, 19 Jordan Spieth, 23 Hatton, 23 Matty Fitz, 26 Matty Fitz's brother. One event on yeah, the uh, saw that. secondary yeah, the European tour, the Challenge Tour this week. It was very mm-hmm. impressive by Alex Fitzpatrick. Mm. Uh, Richard Flower, 26. Colin Morikawa, 26. Tommy Fleetwood, 29. Hideki, 31. You can have 101 on Hideki. Uh, Jason Day, 34. Finau, 34. And US Open champion or PJ champion, 34. Wyndham Clark, US? US. US, yep. Um, that's your odds sheet. Early, early odd market for the uh, FedEx St. Jude Championship. Now, for those that have not been here before, what we're going to do now is Will is going to have first crack at the board. So effectively, what he's going to be looking at is picking three players off the board. He can have any three that he likes. And from there, I need to beat, I need to find one player that can beat his three. If he gets any of his three to beat my three, um, I will be donating money to charity. I am mixing up the charity this week. Um, if you do beat me, I have found a new a new um charity to, to bet to bet on, not to bet on to <laughs> donate to this week. Uh, I'll be donating to on the boot. Uh, it's a my room children's cancer charity. Um, mainly because of my love of the Western Bulldogs. Uh, Marcus Bontempelli is doing a, a fundraiser there, so that will be where the money will be going. And if anyone wants to donate, donate to that, you can go and look it up on theboot.com.au. Um, so the 50 bucks will be going there if you can pip me. So you get free reign. Okay. Tell me who you have for your number one pick. Well, it's now. it's not it's not a huge shock, the number one pick in that uh, and sort of supported a little bit by the, uh, the weather you were uh, talking up earlier as well and then the yes. hot and wet. Quite like John Rahm in those conditions, just yep. hits a very heavy ball that uh, that stays hit on the way through. Good, he was and, my number uh, one pick, so that's good. Very good great, start by you. <laughs> great news. the The other two I'm going with are uh, I've got a couple of crossed out ones. I was going to have a crack at uh, uh, Tony Finau and Sam Burns, but I crossed those ones yep. out. I'm going with Cam Davis, who yep. has. Uh, has a lot to play for, but has also played well in this event. Also a 
I saw that it's a good course fit uh, versus uh, the players and a couple of others where he has also played well. And my other one is actually Jason Day, which <laughs> I'm, I'm probably being far too parochial with these ones, but also seeing how Jason Day played in the conditions uh, at the Open and yep. uh, seems to be finding something out there and uh, a bit of a point to prove and all of those things. I'm, yep. uh, I'm leaning on those ones. I nearly went with Brian Harmon because of the uh, uh, the conditions and all of those things as well, but yep. uh, but I'll, I'll stay with those three for now. Oh, well, okay. So first things first, I've only highlighted four names in my sheet. Uh, they're Ram, Day, and Davis, three of the three of the ones <laughs> I've marked of four. So you've done extremely well in uh, in a game of chess of knocking me well and truly <laughs> out of the park. So that's not going to help me at all. Uh, before I give you the three names that I'm going to have to p- pivot to, uh, I'll just tell you the stats that I'm looking at this week. So effectively, uh, had a real good look at it. I'm looking at guys that are going to be hitting greens in reg or fringes in reg. So you can look up that stat. You can have tick of both. I want someone that's accurate off the tee. Um, stroke scan approach is important. I'm really strong on the 150 to 175 yard uh, range. Tee to green, I want someone that's going to scramble and I want someone that's going to have a very high score in bogey avoidance. Um, so they're the guys that I'm going to take. Um, just because you've stolen my, well, he wasn't my number. He was my number one pick, but he doesn't rank number one for me. I don't know if that puts it into context for anybody. So just for people that when they do get the sheet of names, I will rank everyone in the stats that I've just railed off. And then I have a look at the course form and the recent form. So to give you an example, John Rahm, who you picked at number one, he ranks number five for me. But he's had three starts at this course for a fifth, a seventh, and a 52nd tick. Finished second at the open tick. Um, for me, that's ticking both of those means that he's going to be right up there for me. Jason Day, go for your three picks. Uh, Jason Day cut here last year, sixth, three years back, um, second at the open. So again, tick. Uh, and Cam Davis, you know, Cam Davis is quite far down the sheet for me. So he ranks 41st on my sheet. However, 13th here last year of only two starts at the course, his 60th the time before, 7th at the Wyndham, 10th at the 3M. That, that that tells me he's in form, he can play here, and the stats aren't too bad for him. So instead of those guys, I'm going to pivot. So I'm going to go with my number one, who's the only one you didn't take off the board for me, and that's Sepp Strucker. So Strucker, <laughs> Sepp Strucker finished second here last year, second to the Open, poor at the 3M. I'm going to put that down to a bloke who was just tired. Um, uh, after a week of battling the conditions. I'm going to take the guy who ranks number one, no shock, Scotty Scheffler. I mean, he, he ranks number one every week. Um, he has finished 14th and 15th at this course before and third at the Scottish. He was average. Oh, so he's just average at the Open because he didn't finish top five, um, which is a normal Scotty Scheffler thing to do. Um, the next Guy, the next the next and last pick for me is going to be a tricky one, right? Because Lucas Glover ranks third and he's not winning back-to-back. Tom mm-hmm. Kim ranks fourth. He's not going as well as he could. Um, he, finished, he played okay over at the Open again. He played well at the Scottish, but just not sure he's there yet. Then Ram, then Hideki, who I've already told I'm not taking. Finau, like you, not taking. Morikawa, I don't know that I've got the confidence in him at the moment. 
Um, he's just not playing well. He played well at the Rocket Mortgage. It's a completely different field to here. Siwoo Kim, um, no. Um, I'm, I'm really tossing up between three players. One is the most boring man in golf, Patrick Cantlay. He ranks second <laughs> overall. Xander <laughs> Shoffley, his brother in arms. Um, hasn't really played too well here, but did finish 17th at the Open. And the last one's Victor Hovland. So Victor Hovland's mm-hmm. going to be uh, the other one that I look at. I'm going to take the most boring man in golf only because when I think about someone that's going to have to scramble, I don't love the idea of Victor Hovland. I'm not saying that he can't. Yeah, I just, totally fair. I'm just going to say that I look up his, if I look at his scrambling stats, he ranks 51st, which is not too bad. 44th in driving accuracy. I'm going to, I'm going to flick to Cantlay. Um, so even though you, you forced my hand, I won't lie to you. You forced my hand because the guys that I was going to take at probably bigger odds, I've now had to stick with Cantlay and Scheffler. Who will probably, well, Scheffler will definitely be up the pointy end. Um, Cantlay is probably higher than he should be. And Straka. So you have Ram, Cam Davis, Jason Day. I've got Sepp Straka, Scotty Scheffler, and Patrick Cantlay. So good luck, mate. I do mean mm. that. I'm not. Yeah, if, you know, if I lose, I lose. The money goes to charity. There's, there's worse things I can. There's worse things I have and will be spending money on probably <laughs> this week. So don't worry about that. There's two events this week. Uh, the first one I'll just read the the uh, odds out for is the or the top top odds is uh, the, the women's open championship at Walton Heath. Uh, it's one hour drive south of London. Uh, the old courses where they're playing of the courses that are there. The only notes I can find it's, is it plays long and it's got small greens. Uh, the first thing I thought of when I thought of long and small greens was St. Andrew's Beach, not because it's necessarily small greens. It's just because it's just tight when you get up sort of into, hitting into. Mm-hmm. Um, so someone out there who's a course uh, aficionado, just send me a note and tell me why I'm completely wrong on that. That would be great. I'm not saying they're the same. I'm just saying that's just what it reminded me of. Uh, the open odds are... Hai Jo Kim, 15, Nelly Quarter, 15, Rose Zhang, 17, Minji Lee, 19, Celine Boutier, 19, Leona Maguire, 21, Lynn Grant, 21, Jin Young Ko, 21, Nasa Hataka, Hatayoka, sorry, uh, 23, um, Brooke Henderson, 29, Yuka Sasso, 29. So any names there jumping off the board for you or anyone that you were sort of, of remotely interested in this week? Uh, well, Celine's obviously uh, on an absolute heater, so yeah, it, it's I'm, pretty hard to ignore that. I agree. I think $19 for her, back-to-back wins. I think surely the only reason she's not favourite is because people are like, well, she can't win three. <laughs> it, absolutely. It's, and it is tiring winning and all those sort of things, but boy, she's doing it easy at the moment. So, it's um, yeah, it's interesting to hear that she's uh, that far down the odds. Mm, I agree. Um, Lynn Grant as well is um, playing yeah. some pretty amazing golf at the yeah. moment. If I was to uh, put two horses in that race, it'd be those two. I think I'd be very similar, mate. I think I'd be I'd be looking at Minji maybe as well. Yeah, uh, definitely too. Lynn Grant. I, I might actually have a quick look at this and check check the email when I do send it out for anyone that does pay attention. I'll have a bit of a deep dive into driving distance and accuracy into greens and just see if there's anything there that stands out and maybe there's a bit of value down the board. I'm not sure. Um, I know always the, the the players from that part of the world are always red hot on trying and winning the mm-hmm. Open Championship, whether it's um, Georgia Halls. You know, those guys are going to be really wanting to win, so I don't know whether mm-hmm. more pressure comes on. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I think Minji Lee's got a, a game that travels everywhere, so she's always going to be picking, like you said, Link Grant. I think yep. they're probably be the two I'd have. Yeah, um, absolutely. The other event this week, um, I didn't watch any live this week, and um, when that being read, I won't watch any this week either. Um, next week, I should say. Um, the odds are up. 
And Bryson DeChambeau, 10. Cam Smith, 11. DJ, 13. Brooks, 15. Mito, 15. Taylor Gooch, 15. Paddy Reed, 17. HV, 3. 19. Joaquin Neiman, 21. Munoz, 21. Sergio, 23. Top of the board there. Anyone jumping out at you? Uh, not really. I did see that um, Cam didn't play particularly well this week. And uh, there were a couple of others in there. Um, seeing the Stenson had won last year, it's pretty hard to pick. Uh, well, it's pretty hard to pick most weeks, but it's pretty hard to pick that uh, yeah. on a, uh, a trend line. So oh, it's hard to go past Bryson. They seem to have a couple of back-to-back winners over there. And when you've got a smaller field, the uh, momentum, I guess, is uh, more uh, more significant. Yep. And so that uh, that probably would play out if I... Had to put uh, money on those ones. I'd probably go with Bryson just for uh, momentum as much as anything. Yeah. I I don't think there's a wrong answer. I, I find it very, and again, not shitting on Liv, I mm-hmm. find it very hard to, to to do form on it because of data and what I have in, available. Obviously, we've got his history here um, at the course. Um, mm-hmm. And I know Matthew Wolf's played well here before in this tournament, or sorry, at this course. Um, Sergio's doing some stuff at the moment. He he might yeah. be uh, a bit of value over there. He he played okay, uh, getting his way into the open and things like that. Yep. That I think that was uh, noble, notable. Well, he's he's twenty um, third, um, and Wolf forty one to have another good week back to back. Yeah, mm-hmm. other than that, I think I'd be shopping at the top. You know, it'd be DJ, maybe Bryson, maybe Bryson. I get back to back. The one that I always get shocked about it when they post these odds, Taylor Gooch. I mean, the guy's won three times. He's fifteen dollars. Mm. Mm. I mean, just for law of averages, why would Bryson be ten and who won last week and Taylor Gooch, who's won three times, be fifteen? That yeah. doesn't make sense to me. No, but no, it's a small, small field. I guess it yeah. uh, loads loads the odds more than it otherwise should. Yep, yeah. agree. Mm. And 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 to um, gentleman that posts the bet three six five odds, um, he knows a lot more about this than I do. Um, mm-hmm. So. I'm just guessing. Um, that's it for for this week, mate. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, really do appreciate it. Um, no, any time. Enjoyed it. No, mate. You've done you've done really well. I think it's it's good to get different people on, and everyone has a little bit of a different experience. And you're the first person that's had to go through the lucky seven questions, so <laughs> you did pretty well. You know, I wasn't quite sure about uh, where you were going to go, but no, you pretty much gave a lot of the same answers I would give. So <laughs> that was good. Yeah, good news. Yeah, it's it's hard to uh, to go past the parochialism of uh, Barn Boogle and those sort of things in those answers down here. It's um, yeah, it's no wrong answers, as you said. And one more time for the people, uh, the Instagram handle for the shop for Seven Mile. Yep, Seven Mile Golf Shop on Instagram. So okay. it's just on Instagram for the for the moment, but uh, certainly if you go to the Seven Mile website, which is sevenmilegolf.com. dot au, I think. Um, all the links go to the um, to the shop, and you'll find those once there, and uh, everything on there. We've got all the all the caps, all the markers, all the uh, head covers, and those things that you could possibly want, as it says. So, uh, yeah, get involved. Please do for anyone. I should have mentioned, but as well with Mike versus the mug last week, top rope Tedeschi. Uh, he didn't get me. He nearly did. Stephen Yeager capitulated on about the third or fourth last or third last. I think the par three. Had a fall back behind JT Poston, so I saved my 50 bucks last week. I should have mentioned that before, so apologies. Uh, Top Rope, thank you again for last week. Will, thank you for this week. For anyone that wants to get involved, um, three-part podcast on Instagram, all one word, three-part pod on 
X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and if you want to get on the email list, please just flick us an email, 3 podcast at gmail.com. Well, thanks very much and uh, good luck this week. Thanks, Mike. You too. Enjoy. Cheers, mate.